Welcome to the Waiting Warriors podcast. As loved ones of first responders and military personnel, we often face life situations and challenges that many others don't experience. And while each of us and our experiences are unique, together we can learn from one another and become stronger in this journey of life. Now let's step out of mediocrity. It's time to thrive. out there welcome to another week on the waiting warriors podcast i am michelle bowler and my business coach says i have to start explaining who i am because i realized that you could have been listening for the last two years and i maybe only said my name a handful of times and the whole point of this is to create a community and find like-minded women that you can connect with and it's kind of hard to connect with somebody you don't know their names so hey I'm Michelle Bowler. I'm your host. This week, I have Christina Madison, um, who is actually, it's Veterans Day, and she's a veteran. She um, now is an Air Force reservist. She was active duty. Her husband is active duty Air Force, and she runs her own yoga business while taking care of her sweet little daughter. So welcome to the show, Christina. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. And happy Veterans Day. Happy Veterans Day to everybody who's listening. It's You won't hear this on Veterans Day, but I was thinking of you. Um, so let's just, <laughs> I'm in like such a weird place today, guys. So just, just forgive us a little bit. I've had a weird day. Christina's having a toddler to bed fiasco, which I know we can all relate to. So if this is choppy, or whatever, it is my fault, or we had some toddler things we had to take care of, and that is okay. So let's just get into your story, Christina. Tell us, like, how how did you become a military spouse? Um, what has your experience been like? Yeah, so my husband and I actually met back in high school. We, um, neither of us knew that we wanted to be, well, he knew, I think he knew that he wanted to be in the military. I was like, no, I don't want to join the military. Why would I do something silly like that? And, uh, well, (laughs) you see what happened. Um, but we, we met in high school for our senior year. We were both military brats. Our dads had been active duty and, um, we met at band camp and it's very romantic. Um, so we became high school sweethearts. We went to college together. We actually, about halfway through college, I was like, I think I'm going to join the military. And my husband was like, uh, okay. I thought you said you didn't want to do that. And so anyways, it all worked out beautifully. We both commissioned together um, in the same commissioning ceremony. So we pinned on our little, our little butter bars together and it was Aww. very cute. Um, and then we got married six months after graduating college. And so that's how I became a second Lieutenant and a military spouse all in the same year. <laughs> that's a big year. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it was. It was a busy year. So was it just, I want to say like love at first sight, but whatever the equivalent with the military is for love at first sight, like, was it just all blissful because he's serving and you're serving or, I mean, that's not how I imagine it. <laughs> no, no. Okay. So be, if you're an, if you're mill to mill out there, you know, 
like you know exactly what I'm about to say um we spent the first couple years of our marriage like separated about half of the time either I was TDY or he was TDY or we were stationed in two different locations he was stationed with Carolina I was stationed in Florida and then we got orders together and we moved to our new base just in time for us to both deploy on different schedules so I deployed he deployed, I came back, he came back. Um, so the, the military is wonderful for keeping marriages fresh because you never get to see each other. <laughs> so all the time. You know, you're, you're like, wow, I, I actually miss you. This is pretty great. We've been married for six years and I feel like newlyweds. So I would say that um, early on it was fun, you know, be both being military you know both working full-time we definitely did not spend as much time together um as one might think um we missed each other a lot being on different shifts and just you know he would be flying late i'd be waking up early um so we really didn't get to spend too much time together but um it it kept us intentional about our time and it kept us appreciative of the time that we did get to spend together um and we were pretty happy for a while both being active duty and then kids <laughs> kids kind of changes everything um you know i got pregnant with my daughter and my career field deploys pretty frequently and that's when I made the decision for my family. It's probably a good idea if one of us gets out. And at the time, the right choice was for me. So I transitioned into the reserves, which I am still learning, but loving. And um, yeah, so he's the he's the active duty guy and I'm the military spouse gal and it's mm -hmm. all good. So why was it the better choice for you to go reserves instead of vice versa? You know, there are mill to mill couples out there that do it and they crush it and they are, they are really thriving or they're making it or they're hanging on by a thread, but you know, no matter what, how they're doing it, they're doing it. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it was just a question of choice. Like, do I choose to make this work? Because, you know, the higher in rank you get, the harder it is to be together because then the positions have to be available. Um, and, you know, it, it became a question of, do I want to choose to stay in or do I want to get out? Um, and it just felt like the right timing. Um, I could have easily stayed in and had a decent career. It probably would have meant us being separated. It probably would have meant more deployments on both sides. And um, I just didn't, that wasn't what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And I wanted my daughter to have a parent that was going to consistently be there. And in this time of transition, I've consistently been able to be there. We haven't had to, you know, activate our family care plan or find like emergency care for our daughter because I work from home. So it, it's very consistent and it's dependable. Um, and that was just my choice at the time based on what I felt like I wanted and what was important to me. Um, that doesn't mean it's the right choice for everyone, but it was the right choice for me and my family. Yeah. So how has it been now? Like you have experience of being somebody who leaves, right? Like you left on a deployment, you left for TDYs, you 
had the trainings, you know what I mean? But now that you have a daughter and being involved and you're staying home, did your experience with leaving give you empathy towards your husband and sympathy? No. Okay. If you're watching on YouTube. <laughs> That's a tough question. Um, I think it made me more empathetic to deployments because I understand what it's like to be on deployment. I understand what it's like when your Wi-Fi doesn't work and you don't have self-service in country. I understand what it's like when you're working 12 hour days and you only get, you know, one or none days off on the weekend. I get it. You know, I get what it's like to miss Christmas. I missed Christmas. I missed Thanksgiving. Like I missed the holidays and that was tough. Um, and I also get, you know, the sometimes going radio silent because you just get so caught up in work or something's going on. I get that. And I have that unique perspective of, I know he's not ignoring me. He's just really busy. I know he cares. He just can't be here for me right now. Mm -hmm. um, in other areas, I think I'm, I'm still working on it, um, specifically on the you know, the voluntary TDYs, the ones where they're like, yeah, I'll go. And I'm like, okay. And you know that on the weekends, you know, they're out, they're going out to dinner. They're, you know, having a good time. And you're like wrangling a half naked toddler and the other kid is sick and like puking in the other room and your hair is falling out and you haven't taken a shower in three days because you're the primary provider for these children. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I will say deployments, it's given me a very unique perspective. And I also remember how great it was to leave, you know, <laughs> selfishly, I was like, I get to just care about myself for like mm -hmm. a whole month. And that's so exciting. And um, yeah, so at the same time, it's, it's a weird balance of how I feel, um, but I think it has given me some tools and some understanding that I wouldn't have had otherwise, mm -hmm. you know. Okay, but I'm, I'm going to ask like a hard question. And Do it. But <laughs> I was going to say like, listeners just know I have permission to ask this kind of question. Oh, now I'm scared. No, but, but your face was like, uh oh like yeah I understand you know and then you your face was one thing and then you say yeah it gave me some understanding like I can tell that there is it wasn't just like in the moments you're like oh we're processing this like how how did that impact you I think there's there's one season of our life that I'm I'm particularly thinking of and it's it's when it was a season where my husband was going TDY a lot um, there was one six month TDY that he volunteered for. It was for, you know, a really pre prestigious school that would help his career and really like enhance his skills mm -hmm. in the airplane. And, you know, we did talk about it. I did agree to it, but it was one of those where I didn't know what I was getting into um, we because never, we I gotta, never do. I gotta cut you off for just one second. Like that is the most annoying thing when somebody says, but you signed up for it. You knew what you were getting into. That's not real. Okay. That's just not real. I seriously, guys, you need to stop listening and just go watch this on YouTube because Christina's face are like, <laughs> 
so spot on. Okay, continue. So you, yes, you knew you, you know, you didn't know what you were getting into. Yeah. And, and to piggyback off what you said, I literally despise when people say that because you, you had a general idea, but until you're in the muck and you're in the, you know, what, um, and you're knee deep in it, you don't really know. You don't really know what it's like to, you know, be in that situation until you're there. And, and so I think when people say that it's really insensitive and it's really just non-empathetic and I hate it. Um, so if someone says that to you, just throat chop them. I'm kidding. Don't actually throat chop them, but you know, remind them that it's hard. Yeah. And, and just because we sign up for something doesn't mean it's not hard. Yeah. It just means we're going through it regardless and it's going to be hard the whole time, but we're going to get through it anyway. And that's kind of what this TDY was. I was like, yes, you know, I support you. I'll be here. I was going through a transition. That's when I was going through my transition from active duty to oh. civilian. So I was having to navigate all of this challenging stuff on my own. Oh, there was a hurricane that year. So I had to ride out a hurricane by myself. Um, and it just got to the point where I was like noticing that I didn't even want to talk to him anymore because he was always like, anytime we talked, it was about how stressed he was and what like didn't go well on his flight that day. And he was just really frustrated that he was going to have to repeat that flight. And I'm like, buddy, <laughs> buddy. <laughs> it got to the point, Michelle, at the end where we couldn't even talk to each other because we were so toxic in our own stress and we could not share each other's burden because we were our um our meter was all the way at full and yeah. we could not take on anything else and so it was better for us not to talk um and we got through it but it impacted our marriage for years yeah we're still kind of navigating through the fallout of that season um, because I just think both of us did not handle it. We were not ready with the tools that we needed and the communication, like things that we've learned between then and now. Um, so that's, and then, you know, later that year, he, he was like, I'm done going TDY for like a year. And then he proceeded to go on like three more TDYs. And I'm like, <laughs> buddy, <laughs> we we're about to have some words if you leave me with this child and these dogs one more time. Um, so, you know, it just, yes, it increased my resilience. Yes. It increased my belief in myself and what I was capable of, but it really freaking sucked when I was going through it. And I think a lot of people can, can relate like, yeah, I got through it, but dang, it was painful while I was going through it. Yeah. So what, what, words can you kind of assign to that pain that toxic part like because I feel like so often people say like it's hard it's painful you know things things can get toxic but to a point that helps right like that helps to hear that we're not the only one but at the same time 
I know a lot of people are kind of like me where it's like, okay, but like, what is that? Because unless we really know what it is, then we can't do anything about it. It's just, well, it's hard and hopefully your marriage makes it through. You know what I mean? So yeah. like, what, what words, what feelings, like, what is it for you? I know, I know it's not like, I know it's not going to be the same thing for everybody, but for some people it will, you know, so what was it for you? Yeah. And I think, and I'll share those words. And I think you, you bring a really, you bring up a really great point. And this is something that I, I work on with my clients is not like just labeling it as like a generalized, like this is hard and putting it away. Like we, we tend to compartmentalize, we tend to internalize, we tend to avoid because it's painful. But once we call it out for what it is, that gives us power over the emotion, over the experience, because we know what we're experiencing. And we, when we know, when we have like that understanding of I'm experiencing anxiety, I am experiencing stress or anger, then we can start to work through it instead of just having it be like this scary cloud that we like put over there and don't talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, so my words were bitterness and resentment. Okay. Like very strong bitterness and resentment, which led to anger, which led to a, a distancing from him and I, um, because I felt abandoned, to be honest, um, because, you know, I didn't know the full extent of what I was, what I was going to be experiencing when he left for this TDY. Um, and it was voluntary. I think that was one of the other things. Like nobody told him, you will go to this school. It's not like a deployment where you're told. He raised his hand to go. He applied. And and while, yes, it opens doors. And yes, it made him, you know, a great aviator. I just, at the time, didn't really see its value. Um, so yeah, I experienced a lot of bitterness. I experienced a lot of resentment. His career is more important than my career. Um, and you left me to go, you know, do this thing and fly fast jets while I'm here trying to navigate teething and ear infections and hurricanes and you know Murphy's Law was there for me and we were buddies <laughs> and uh you know yeah so those were kind of the feelings that I allowed to take root in my heart I didn't do anything to stop them and I didn't take proactive measures to pull them out to do the hard work to pull them out until much later instead I let them fester I let them grow and that led to some of the fallout that we experienced in our, in our marriage. Yeah. So two things. One, while you got those feelings during a volunteer situation, I do just have to let everybody know, like, if you were listening and you're like, yeah, that's me. Oh, but my husband's on a deployment. So he was told to go. So maybe I shouldn't be feeling that way. No, you're, I, I have felt that way on times where he has been told to go like so just just so everybody totally can like nobody should feel bad about themselves for feeling those feelings because because I know that's also real right like our husbands or spouses sorry for whatever it is for the couple like 
that your service members are serving, right? Like they're serving the country. So how, why should we feel this way? Like, no, you, you are allowed to feel this way. It is a very natural response. It's an okay response. What I'm, but like, like I, I try to always say and remember, like, we're not robots. We are humans. We are supposed to have these responses and emotions, but it's how we process them. So I'm super curious. How did you process them? Cause you're saying, you're saying you still are, but by the sounds of it, you're, I mean, obviously like your leaps and bounds from where you were. So how do you get there? Yeah. Time. Time was one. It's not the only thing. Um, you know, time does not heal all wounds. That I I don't believe in that. Um, if you don't do the work and dig into it, time dulls all wounds. Time makes it seem less painful, but time does not heal the wounds of this type of situation. Um, and I totally agree with you in in the fact that sometimes we tell ourselves, "Well, I shouldn't be feeling this way." Um, you know, I'm a bad person for feeling this way. Um, but the reality is you feel that way and your emotions are, don't define who you are. Like your, your thoughts and emotions don't, are not your identity. It's just your experience, your human experience, which is so normal. You know, it's normal for us to feel anger and fear and anxiety and sadness and, you know, all these different things that come from a situation that is not natural. It is not natural for the family unit to be separated. It's very unnatural. So for you to experience this type of thing is uh, to be expected, um, not to be shamed and not for you to shame yourself. Um, so for me, you know, I, I had a little bit of that of like, oh, well, I shouldn't be feeling this because I told him I was okay with it. And I told him that I, you know, I'm all in, I support you. And here I am not being very supportive. So I had a lot, you know, I had a lot going on. It was this like negative feedback loop of anger, resentment, hurt into guilt, which fed back into the anger, hurt, guilt. And it was just a hot mess. And, and honestly, I needed something significant to intervene. Um, and so I went to therapy. I started working with a life coach because I could not do it on my own. I was in such a dark, bad place and our marriage was in danger. Um, and I, so I asked for help. I, I sought help. I went to see a therapist and, you know, I found this amazing life coach that, you know, I think those, those two really go hand in hand well, because like the talk therapy is good for emoting, for expressing what you're feeling. But a lot of the times I felt incomplete after therapy. I was like, okay, I just talked about my feelings and now I feel really rotten. And, um, you know, I'm, ex I'm tired from all of that emoting and my life coach was like the, the, the completion of the equation. He was like, here's how you're going to implement what you like. Here's how you're going to actually lay out a strategy for how you're going to feel or how you're going to heal. It's not just about expressing. Now it's about the healing journey, which for mm -hmm. some people, talk therapy may be the completion of their healing journey. For me, it was not enough. I'm a very like step-by-step -step type of person. I like strategy. I like roadmaps. I like structure. 
And he helped me actually like do the work to untangle all of these emotions and to make them into something more productive. Um, and so I continued to work with him for another year after everything happened. Um, and that made a really huge difference in how I acted, how I saw things. Um, and, and I am eternally grateful to him. You know, some people think like life coach, that's weird. Um, it, it's so good. It's been so good. And he actually inspired me to step into my role as a mindset coach. And um, it's been incredible. So I'm very grateful to him. So what are, like, what is that? I don't know if it's a pro, I haven't correctly been through a process, I guess. But like, what, what is that process? How, how, what are steps that we can take if we are feeling the bitterness and resentment? Because I, like, I know so many military spouses and waiting warriors, the, like the first responder wives are very, very similar. Like it is hard to get like left behind kind of, right? Like they have to go and do their thing. And then it's our job to just keep everything together. And that's really hard. So how, what is that process and those steps to really fight and reverse that bitterness and resentment? Yeah, that's a great question. And this is the, the framework that I'm about to share is, is something that I, I present in some of my programs um, and some of my, with some of my coaching clients. Um, I think there, there are many ways to accomplish the steps. It's, it's what works for you. But the first is acknowledge, mm -hmm. awareness, become aware. And just like we talked about earlier, name what it is that's mm -hmm. happening for you. And it, that may be a struggle. Um, so you've got to figure out what, what is, what is happening for you? Um, and different ways you could do that could be writing a letter, like write an angry letter where you just let it flow. You let it freaking out and then you burn it, but you read it first. You read it and you realize you look for words. You're like, what is happening for me? Um, and I did that exercise one time and I, it was amazing what I was able to uncover. Like my stream of consciousness just started to reveal things as I wrote. And I wrote down some things that I didn't even know I was feeling. Um, but sometimes putting it to words can be really helpful. Um, this is another thing that you could do in talk therapy. You know, you have a counselor or a therapist guide you into what it is you're really feeling. Um, and you can also practice, you know, emotional intelligence exercises, mindfulness exercises that, you know, ask prompting questions um, to help you dig deeper and, and to really get to the root of what you're feeling. So it really depends on what exercise resonates with you. You can even record a voice memo, like go into a closet where nobody's going to hear you and just let it out. You know, you can yell into a pillow or you can talk into your phone and just like, set a timer for like 10 minutes and just go let it all out and hear what you say like don't just let it all out and then be like okay I'm done but like hear what you say and and develop that awareness of what you're actually feeling maybe it's feelings of abandonment 
Maybe it's feelings of resentment. Maybe it's feelings of like the weight of the world on your shoulders and you're under so much pressure because if you don't do it, it's not going to get done because your service member or spouse is not going to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, So those could be some ways that you could develop that emotional awareness of what's happening for you. Um, And then the next step would be accept. You know, sometimes we don't do this step. We're just like, well, you're a terrible person for feeling this way. You're a bad spouse. You're a bad mom, blah, 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 blah. You know, beating ourselves up over the head and like giving ourselves zero compassion because we shouldn't be feeling this way. Well, guess what? You should, you should absolutely should be feeling whatever way you're feeling. And once we develop that awareness of what we're feeling, then we can, we have to know what we're healing before we go on our healing journey. And so that acceptance is not, it's not saying what I'm feeling is okay. And I want to feel it forever. That's not Mm -hmm. acceptance. It's just accepting that this is my experience right now in this moment. And that's okay. Yeah. And, and when you're able to give yourself that, that acceptance, that grace, then you can move on to the next phases. Um, and acceptance may not happen the first time. It may take some meditation. It may take some emotional release. Some people need to like go out and pound the pavement. They need to go for a run or they need to like smack a pillow, like punch a pillow. We need to discharge some of that energy before we can fully accept what our experience Mm -hmm. is. And again, this may take more talking. This may take more therapy. This may take a coach um, for you to kind of work into acceptance. Um, But in in order to reach acceptance, you have to feel safe. Um, And sometimes that safety can be a challenge. Um, So having that other person to guide you into that safety can be beneficial. Um, After the acceptance phase, then we can move into the kind of like the forgiveness and growth phase where we start to feel what we're feeling, like really feel it. Let your body and mind just feel what you're feeling. And as we navigate through it, whether through talk or meditation or, you know, physical activity, whatever you need to kind of feel it and work through it, maybe it's just a really freaking good cry. And you've been like, you know, when you've had that week, you're like, I need a good cry. It's going to happen. It's going to happen tonight. Um, you just need like to (laughs) break out the ice cream and the and the really sad Sam Smith music because we're gonna have a good cry tonight um but you gotta you gotta feel it and and once you feel it then you can start navigating through it and this is what's people get stuck here because we compartmentalize we disassociate we distract from feeling because feeling is uncomfortable and feeling is yucky, especially if we're feeling bad feelings. So we drink, we eat, we shop, we scroll social media. We, you know, we do anything that we can to avoid feeling, Mm -hmm. but you have to feel to move through it. You cannot heal until you feel. I just came up with that. Um, (laughs) That's really good. 
And then when you feel, you can begin the final process of release. Mm -hmm. And this one's hard and this one takes time. Like none, this is not, none of these are gonna happen like overnight. This is a process. And I think you have to be patient with yourself on your journey um, to whatever that is, but make sure you're getting the support that you need to go through this, these feeling and acceptance phases so that you can move into the release phase where you're like, yep, I feel abandoned. Did my husband really abandon or did my spouse really abandon me? No, but I feel that way and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And then you let it go and you get back to what you were doing instead of holding on to it and letting it take root. You know, you got, you got to let it go, let it go. <laughs> and that letting go that release gives you freedom it gives you that feeling of lightness it takes a weight off of your shoulders it gives you that lightness of heart when you're able to release and and you may not be able to go through that journey on your own you might need support so if you're wondering like how the heck am i supposed to do that there are people out there that are trained to help you navigate this healing journey and you got to start somewhere. So start with, you know, start with therapy, start with counseling, start with a coach, start with yoga, start with meditation, wherever you feel like you want to start, start there. If it doesn't work, try something else, but you can't stay stuck. You can't stay stuck because when you take, when you stay stuck, that's when the roots start to grow and these emotions and feelings start to really harbor. And um, you don't want that. You want to, you want to be able to uproot them and, and let go of them. Yeah. Which is an action, right? Like we need to take the actions to, to um, it's, it's not like a, to combat the feelings, to fight the feelings, but to, change our thoughts like as you were saying like the freedom that you get as you release them the lightness like that gives you the ability to move and to shift your thoughts to where you need them to be so then the feelings can be different right like we don't want to feel this way but you have to process it so then you can change your thoughts and feel differently um, which like is such a better place to be. Like, I, I am not perfect at it, but that's something that I've heard before. That's something that I'm trying to like practice. And even in my small ways, like the adjustments that I've done, like it's a world of difference. It's a world of difference. And that's how we can actually thrive because we're still experiencing the same things, right? Like Michelle now who's, you know, eight and a half years of it is still going through very, very similar things as when he was first enlisted and a private and like, you know, like brand spanking new, but it's similar feelings, but now I'm able to process them different and shift to other thoughts and feelings. Like, and it's such a better place to be guys. Like so, so much better.
Yes. So you at the you at the beginning. I at the beginning mentioned that you have a yoga practice. Tell us about that because I know it's not just like you teach yoga at your local gym. This is something all of us can get involved in and taste of. So what is all of that? Yeah. So you know, yoga, a lot of people think that yoga is just a a form of fitness. It's a form of exercise. And honestly, like yoga has changed my entire life. It's, it's not just what we do on the mat. It's what we take off the mat and how we apply it into our lives. Um, So for me, yes, yoga is a form of physical release. It's a form of, you know, movement and relaxation, but it's also a, a practice that I try to bring into my life as well the the mindfulness the awareness the you know the the being connected the the mind body connection that we develop during a yoga practice it's helped me to tune in better to my needs my physical needs my emotional needs my mental needs mm-hmm. my spiritual needs um so you know for me yoga has been a journey that i've been on um, my personal practice has really kept me grounded and it's gav- given me some amazing tools personally in my life to navigate those seasons where I struggled. Um, I, I can't even imagine who I would be without my practice. You know, I, I used to be a very anxious person. Um, I still struggle with anxiety from time to time, but yoga keeps my anxiety in check. and. I think if I didn't have it, I would be, I would be a hot mess. Um, so it's my hot mess antidote. And I was trying to figure out how can I bring my passion for yoga to the military community? How can I marry these two things together that I'm so passionate about? So over the past year, um, I have developed this community of women. Um, not to say I don't serve men, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to do yoga with a group of dudes at PT. That's fine, but it's not what I'm passionate about. And, and my passion really comes to providing movement, mindfulness, and mindset to women in the military community because so much is expected and not much is given to these women. And, and a lot of the times the words I hear are stressed, anxiety, burnt out, overwhelmed. These are, these are the things that women in, in our community are experiencing. And sometimes, sometimes you luck out and you find a tribe and you, you have an incredible support system. And other times you don't, and you feel very alone. You feel very isolated. You feel like you're doing all of this by yourself and no one understands. And it's, it's very, it's a lonely existence, especially when the service member goes. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I built this community that started out with like a hundred of my friends and it was super tiny. And I was like filming cheesy yoga videos and then it started to grow. And it started to grow and I started getting clear on my messaging and then it started to grow. And, and now the community is over a thousand women and it's amazing. And it's such like a supportive, 
uplifting community to be a part of, and it's called Strong and Resilient Woman. And basically in this group, I, I offer movement practices, I offer mindfulness and meditation practices, and I offer mindset coaching for free to, to these women that are looking for something different. They're looking to interrupt the pattern. Um, they're looking to overcome the challenges of the military lifestyle. And so my mission in this group is to help women not just survive, but thrive. You said it earlier, thrive within the military lifestyle by having tools and techniques and knowledge in their toolbox um, that they can apply to day-to-day -to -day life, taking the yoga off the mat and taking it into how they handle situations, how they handle change, how they handle not having very much control over their future. Um, and I've really seen women in this community grow and change and, and learn to love themselves in a whole new way, which I think is something that we could all really use. Um, so it's a beautiful community. It's growing um, little by little every day. Um, and I'm just really loving having this this group of women that are building each other up, that are supporting each other, that are growing and that are committed to their own health and well-being instead of just putting themselves last. Um, so it's been really amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. That sounds great. Guys, like if anything that has been said today resonates with you and you just want to like, have something to help you move forward through this, please go check that out. Like that's such an awesome free resource that you get to have. Like Christina's just handing it out. Like that's awesome. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like it's, I know it's, I feel like it's really hard because we have all these problems, right? And we experience all these things and we just wish that resources existed. And the more that I talk to other military spouses, the more I'm realizing that they do exist. They're just military spouses running them and creating them. And it's not on a list that the army or military will give you, which like, don't ever expect that to happen because to get something be a resource that the military will put on a paper is like so much red tape. Oh my goodness. Austin has to deal with that kind of stuff for like chaplain strong bonds events and the stuff he does. It is so messy. So don't ever ex expect that list to really ex exist. But now you know about a resource, right? Like you're going to have these feelings. You're going to need to process negative things and deal with this crap. And Christina's has this nice little, nice big, actually, silver platter that's like, okay, here you go. You know, like, let's just choose to take, choose to get involved, choose to, or if you don't feel like you need it, just remember, hey, there was that Winning Warriors episode, and then you can send me a message and I'll remind you of the Facebook group. But like, Thank you for coming and sharing. Like, I know it's not, it's not easy to be like, well, I was super mad and resentful towards my husband because he was serving in the military. Like that's hard to come on. So thank you. And like, 
I really appreciate your honesty and your vulnerability because I know there are so many of us that are just like, yeah, you know, just, yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. Cause I think so many of us have this like fake it till you make it mentality, like just pretend to be okay. Um, because we think we have to. And yeah. I think it's important that we get vulnerable sometimes and that we take off our armor and we show our hurt and our, you know, our struggles with the community, maybe not with the world, but you know, there is someone out there that needs to hear your message. There is someone out there that's struggling with the exact same thing that you're struggling with. And like, you can, you don't have to be alone. Like you really don't have to do this alone. And don't think for a second that you are the only person that has resented your husband or felt abandoned or struggled with some of these emotions. And there are, there is a better way. There is a light and you just have to find it or you have to find someone that can guide you there. So don't, don't, don't suffer in silence. Don't do it alone. Mm -mm. Yeah. And if you like, if after hearing me say it and after hearing Christina say it, that like, you still feel like, oh, but maybe it's like, she has a community of a thousand women who are constantly saying they're feeling these things. I have two 2,500 people now on Instagram who are constantly liking things, constantly commenting and sending messages who are saying they feel these feelings. Like you are not alone. You just got to tap into these communities and feel a part of it instead of feeling alone. So speaking of Instagram, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, um, get involved with you and your business, what is the best way for them to do that? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram. I'm at the military yogi with an I. And then if you want to join my Facebook group, just search strong and resilient woman on Facebook. Um, and I can send you the link for the show notes as well. Mm -hmm. um, definitely just come ask to join and we will get you added in. It is, um, there's, there's something new every week. There's yoga, there's, there's meditation and there's, you know, there's some serious mindset work that we do in the group. And if you're not sure, come try it out. And if you don't like it, you can leave. No big deal. <laughs> and nobody will throw a fit because you're not nope. in the group anymore. <laughs> It's easier than hitting unsubscribe and then going through the five steps afterwards to take your email off someone's list. <laughs> it is so annoying sometimes. That is so annoying. Like I right? hate when people make it hard to get off. Okay, of course they want to make it hard. It should not be that way though. I'm one button. I'm doing a lot of like research with email marketing because we're starting to do stuff with the winning warriors in email. And I tell you what, I am very mindful of everything that I hate when people do, <laughs> do because it doesn't have to be that way. Anyways, that was a side rant that had nothing to do with what we were doing. <laughs> but guys, please go check out Christina. Say hi. Say thank you. Let us know. Um, we love, love it when people tag me, the waiting warrior, Christina. Oh, dang. Military yogi. At the military yogi. At the yep. military, the military yogi. Um, and like she said, that will be in the show notes if you want to be able to find it a little bit faster than typing it in, I guess, if that's hard. If you have any trouble, it'll be in the show notes. But we would love to hear your takeaways. We would love to, for you to share it. 
so that other people can know and understand that they are not alone in this. These feelings are not making them bad military spouses. We're just military spouses that get to process things. That's all. We just are given the chance to process them. So again, Christina, thank you so much for coming on the show and waiting warriors out there. My heart is with you. And remember, just because it's hard does not mean it has to be miserable. Thanks again, Christina. Hey, Waiting Warriors, if you are heading towards or in the middle of a deployment or shoot, you're just a military spouse trying to do their best, I want to give you something I've created for with you in mind. I've created a free download called Three Ways to Set Up Your Marriage for a Successful Deployment. I know deployments can be tough, but I am a firm believer that they don't have to ruin your relationship, and I would really love to share with you what I've learned and now have done over and over again in my own marriage. So go to subscribepage.com slash three ways to set up your marriage for a successful deployment, all one word there at the end, or check out the show notes for a link. Or right now you can go to my website, thewaitingwarriors.com, and there's a pretty little yellow button on top waiting for you.